0: welcome i am your host man preet aka mma lock of the night andrew boy on twitter at mmalot and joined by my guy john stargaryen you guys can follow him at mma fox on twitter and we are here propping you up for ufc vegas 42 headlined by max holloway and yair rodriguez a fight that we've been looking forward to for a long time which is hilarious because we have a minus 600 on one side but we still believe that it should be a fun fight no matter how long it lasts john been a couple weeks since I've uh, not had your services here on the Prop and You Up Show. Uh, how's it been going over the last couple weeks, and what are your thoughts on this upcoming card?
1: Well, it's probably good for you and for everybody else watching the show that you didn't have me on last week. Otherwise, the people <laughs> might demand you throw me off the show. That's why I'm wearing the square hat today. You know? Oh, um. <laughs> I like it. Look at that reveal,
0: guys! Look at that reveal. I love but,
1: it. Yeah, you know, other than you know the disaster that was last week, you know, it's been going well. Uh, I'm in terms of this card, you know, it, it's a weird main event in that I don't really see, you know, they're not a lot of angles for betting. You don't usually get main events on a fight night where one side is minus 700. But at the same time, it's also a fight where I think we're pretty reliable to see, you know, a really fun fight where everybody is going to be where there's going to be a firefight, right? They're just going to throw back and forth the entire fight until someone dies. And the guy dying is probably going to be Yair, but I'm excited for it. <laughs>
0: yeah very much looking forward to that there are a couple other intriguing matchups throughout the card only 11 fights uh compared to like the 13 14 and 15 we've been getting over the last couple weeks so we should be able to rifle through this pretty easily uh today i do want to quickly go over the three best prop bets that all three of us had last week uh me and john pretty much hit the bed there so i had i went 0 of 3 i had gary via sub goes out there and knocks the kid out osborne via sub have no reasoning for that performance whatsoever i think everybody lost on the under two and a half the fight doesn't go to decision in that fight and then edgar via decision which he probably would have probably would have lost the decision had it gone the full fifteen minutes. But we got a great first round out of him. Uh, but after that, it seemed to go all downhill for John. He went over three as well. He had Edgar via decision as well as Osborne inside the distance, similar to myself. And then he also had Michalitis inside the distance. Sure, it didn't play out the way you wanted it to, right? <laughs> not, not
1: exactly. Not
0: exactly. No. <laughs> uh, thankfully. Our Lord and Savior, Mr. Cody Saftik, went two and one on his place. He only missed on Gaethje via KO, which again, that that's a bad beat considering how that fight fucking went. Uh, but he did cash on Curtis KO plus six fifty, and then he they also cashed on Burgos and Quarantillo fight goes to the decision. I think that was roughly around even money at that time. So, uh, great picks from uh, props from him as well. You want to add something, John?
1: You know what the crazy thing about that card is, is that had Edgar survived the last minute and won a decision, I would have ended up with a profit for the night. And instead, Damn. I took like, my worst loss of the year.
0: Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I, I, I saw that uh, picture that Andrew from Andrew Gomez oh. tweeted out saying anytime you guys get together, you guys have like your worst betting nights of the
1: year. <laughs> I've only lost 10 units twice in like the last two years. And both times have been me and Andrew hanging out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you guys should hang out. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, the trend is not that great when you guys hang out. So just just saying that. All right. Uh, let's not waste too much more time. Let's get into the this card. Uh, like I said, 11 flights late, not to mention early start time, 2 p.m. Eastern, prelim start time on Saturday. Nice and early for us, East Coasters. I guess even earlier for you. Uh uh west coasters but uh i love these fight night cards now they're finally making it a little bit earlier in the day so we can still go out in the evening and be human beings with a social life shout out to the ufc for looking out for us all right 2 p.m eastern start time and we're going to be kicking things off in the light heavyweight division between kennedy and zetsuko and Un yung in terms of odds we're currently looking at minus 120 ish for the korean and plus 100 for kennedy and zetsuko um close fight obviously the the odds replicate or indicate that uh, I, I do lean the Jung side here. I do think he's a slightly better fighter overall. Kennedy and Zetchuko, in my opinion, is still a little bit green in certain instances. You know, he has durability. He has hard say what you want. You know, that Carlos Holberg fight was crazy. The back and forth nature of it. And then obviously him coming out on top in that second round. Uh, what was the 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 fight before that against, uh, or sorry, it was Danilo Marquez last time he actually got out of there. Then it was Carlos Holberg. And then before that was that Darko Stosic fight, which was, you know, a, a shit show and a half to begin with. Um. Good length, you know, still developing, but I feel like there could be some holes in his game that Daun Jung should be able to go out there and uh, exploit. Uh, maybe, you know, wear on him, clinch him up against the cage, drag him to the ground if he wants to. We saw his grinding ability in that fight against William Knight. Maybe if he brings that here against Kennedy and Zachuku, he can find some success as well. I do lean on the Jung side, not so much for a bet in terms of a prop. Uh, I do think he could. I feel like he could wear on him and possibly get him out of there. Uh, Jung by TKO is plus 550, which I think is a little bit crazy, especially considering it's a light heavyweight fight. We've seen him starch dudes in the past, so he definitely does have power in his hands if he's able to connect cor- uh, correctly. But uh, yeah, I-, I will go with Jung inside the distance or Jung by TKO, plus 550, plus 340 on those respectively. What's What are your thoughts on this specific matchup?
1: Yeah. So this is, it's kind of funny because, you know, Luke on my podcast, you know, he came on last night. So before I'll just back up a second. So before, you know, I went on my podcast last night, I, I didn't really do that much tape on this fight because I'm pretty familiar with both of their games. Just like, I don't really want to get involved here. It seems like a mess that I'm not going to really want to have money on. And so I basically gave my breakdown, Luke got on late and he gave he made a pretty compelling case for jung so i was like oh you know what that's interesting so we got off the pod last night and i did a pretty deep dive on it on tape the funny thing is even though luke's very sharp and he made a very compelling case for Jung, i actually came out of tape actually liking kennedy a decent bit to be honest with you um now i don't know that i'm gonna play him now at like plus 100 i might i'm not really sure i would have played him plus 140 where he was for a while but i guess you know when i'm looking at this fight the interesting thing here is, first of all, you know, I, I guess the memories I have of Jung striking, the most distinct ones had been him knocking out Rodriguez. And it's like, you, you tend to forget about the Alvi fight because, you know, it ended in a draw, but, you know, Jung really does not, you know, he has a nice jab and when he does decide to throw in combination, it's pretty, it's pretty nice, but he really has very bad defense on the feet. Um, anytime someone lets their hands go, you know, he drops his left hand whenever he's in the pocket. And. You know, you saw Cadiz early in that fight really get off against him big. And I had remembered it as Cadiz, you know, not really landing much, but he actually he was landing pretty heavy and he was hitting him flush a bunch of times. Uh, you saw the same thing with the Albi fight every time Jung would enter the pocket. And then even in his last fight against, you know, William Knight. You know, in round three of that fight, Knight's just spamming overhand rights, and he is not doing anything to stop them from landing. They're just landing over and over again until he takes him down. Now, he won that fight from the wrestling, and that was one of the reasons I initially was like, I don't have that much interest in Kennedy. But going back and looking at it, I honestly didn't find his wrestling very impressive. It was a lot of just clinching up and then outside trips that Knight just didn't have an answer for. And then once they got to the mat, you know, Knight just didn't – he was trying to sweep him and not doing a good job working up, you know. Jung doesn't really put hooks in and I know you know we saw Kennedy kind of get out grappled in his last fight but you know he was getting held down because Marquez was putting in a body triangle on him right he was taking the back putting hooks in, throwing in a body triangle to control him but you know he doesn't accept bottom position he's going to work right away Stossage couldn't keep him down at all Craig really couldn't keep him down at all either and you know like I mentioned most of Jung's takedowns they come from that you know clinch and outside trip But Kennedy's actually pretty strong in that position. He does a good job humbling from underhooks, turning the position. Uh, So, like, I don't really see much of a grappling path from Jung. And standing, like, yeah, I think Jung is the more technical striker, for sure. You know, he's got a nicer jab. He's got a nicer offensive boxing game. But what we know from Kennedy, I mean, that Carlos Olberg fight was fucking crazy. Uh, Olberg landed 146 strikes in eight minutes of that fight. Like, that is fucking nuts. And... If you recall, what actually gassed Olberg out was he unloaded like a 40 strike body combination on him that Kennedy just didn't even flinch from. Like it it was, you know, Herb Dean's like threatening to stop the fight and Kennedy just like, okay, puts his hands down, just starts going forward again. I'm like, what the hell is this guy made of? And so, you know, I expect John can have plenty of offensive success. The problem is, like I mentioned, he's poor at defense. And Kennedy himself, once he starts getting letting his hands go, he'll throw a lot too. I don't think he's a big hitter, but he'll go forward and he will throw and throw and throw. And so, like, looking at the fight, I'm like, I've seen Jung back up and cover up, you know, when Cadiz was going after him. I think, you know, that's probably going to happen here between the two cardio-wise. I'm not saying, I haven't seen much reason to suspect Jung is bad cardio, but we also haven't really seen it tested, right? Like, Sam Alvey's going to give him a low-volume kickboxing match. The William Knight fight, yeah, he grappled for three rounds, but like Knight was providing almost zero resistance on the mat. So it's like, how cardio taxing is that? I'm not really sure. So it's like, I trust, I think they're going to swing a lot in this fight, and I trust Kennedy's durability a bit more. I trust his cardio a bit more. Um, Look, Jung's the more clean technical striker, but... I think Kennedy can match him on output, and I think he's going to have opportunities to hurt him and back him up. So, like, I kind of think Kennedy should be a small favorite here. What I will say, though, in terms of props and something that I think is pretty interesting, uh, like I mentioned, Cadiz was landing heavy against him, as was Knight, and both of them hit reasonably hard. And Jung seems to have a rock-solid chin. You know, Alvi hits hard, too, and Jung was not getting deterred coming into the pocket. I don't think Kennedy hits as hard as Alvi does. I actually think Kennedy, by decision, at about plus 300 is pretty good. Uh, and I also think you know if you want to take a little less risk in the fight I think fight goes the distance at even money is a pretty good look to be honest I don't think either guy is very likely to end this fight to be honest I'm probably going to play that I think this is closer to like a 70 percent goes the distance kind of thing unless Jung just gases out so yeah
0: Of course, we can depend on you to make a case for a guy like Kennedy and Zegucul. But, of course, I I understand it. Uh, The line is very close, and I can understand uh, arguments from both sides here. I'm going to be on the Korean side. But, again, I'll I'll likely have almost no money on this fight. Just Again, very close fight. Uh, A lot of volatility, in my opinion, as well, considering the type of way these guys uh, go out there and fight. All right, let's move on to the next fight. We got Mark Casey going up against Rafael Alves, uh, minus 185 right now on D. Casey, and plus 160 on Jafiel Alves. And I do like me some Diacasey in this spot. Uh, you know, he did have some pretty good potential when he came into the UFC, and then he fell on some hard times against guys like Dan Hooker and Nasra Hackpress. Then he put together very good uh, victories over Joe Duffy and Lando Venado. A lot of that was um, based on his newfound love for calf kicking, right? That's something that he was able to implement it, uh, very effectively in those fights uh, almost render his opponents immobile and then after that kind of let his hands going, let his volume go because he was just a little bit more confident with the state that he had his opponents in uh, and then he ran into Rafael Faziev, right, if there's anybody that knows how to check some calf kicks and make it a little bit more difficult for you to implement that type of game plan it's a guy like Rafael Faziev. and we obviously saw how that fight ended up playing out luckily for Mark D. Casey he has uh, Rafael Alves in front of him now who, you know, very explosive fighter, we saw what he was able to do in his UFC debut as a plus plus four underdog against a guy like demir is he goes out there and uh you know hurts him early in that first round but then gets taken down and gets controlled the majority of that uh, and then in the third round goes out there and has a damn good third round you know not a lot of people would have predicted that especially considering what kind of style and and gas tank we've kind of seen from him in the past you know he's usually good at getting his opponents out of there within the first two rounds but if he is ever extended in his fights he does seem to slow down a lot not so much in that demir is fight which was a bit of a surprise to me But here, uh, against a guy like Mark T. Casey, who has great uh, cardio himself, I think he should be able to go out there and implement another calf kick game plan i think if he goes out there and just try to tries to really beat up that lead wheel of Alves, it will take the power and explosiveness off those shots from Alves, and then it should allow D. Casey to continue to go to work uh D. Casey did show you know so, some decent uh improvements over his you know last couple fights in terms of you know uh takedowns and, and just having an overall mma game but I, we know his bread and butter is that striking game and i think he's going to be able to kind of deal with that early storm from Alves. uh really invest in that calf kick that that leg kick and then really start to you know up the output up the volume and up the confidence so later that this fight goes so uh, i like dkc I- i'd kind of be surprised if he finishes alvis you know alvis uh again seems to have improved cardio but we'll see if he can continue to keep it up if he's able to go to back to back third rounds here um i'm going DKC, dkc by decision which is roughly around plus 120. that's the spot that i like here how you feel about this matchup john
1: So a little tangent about Mark J. Casey. You want to know he's only been an underdog once in his career, and it was against Joseph Duffy. Listen to some of these lines throughout J. Casey's career. Minus 190 against Dan Hooker, closing line. Minus 175 against Nazareth Hack Perez closing line. Minus 175 against Lando Venata, closing line. Minus 220 against Rafael Fiziev, closing line. Um, And now he's about minus 185 against Rafael Alves, who is a substantial step down from those guys I would say you know um yeah I I guess in terms of this fight I like Jay Casey here you know he hasn't quite lived up to in the UFC what I thought he would be uh I was pretty high on him coming in because you know you can see it you know when he goes out there and does things you know he's got elite athleticism he's very fast you know he came into the UFC with the nickname Bone Crusher it turns out he doesn't hit as hard as it looked like he hit on the regional scene but you know, I think he's a fairly well-rounded fighter. You know, he's a decent boxer. Like you mentioned, he has great calf kicks. Uh, he's very fast and he's a great athlete. And on the other side, it's like, I have Rafael Alves who look, obviously he's got a tight guillotine and he seems to hit hard, but like, it's what I kind of like in Alves too, is just a guy who athletes people when he wins fights, it's on his athleticism. The problem is here. He's fighting a better athlete who actually is just much better at fighting than he is. I like Alves could, could he hurt him and finish him in theory? Yeah, he could. But, you know i said casey takes huge shots from hopfield Fiziev and not really get bothered by it same thing with hawk press so it's like i don't think the chances of him getting finding a finish are like that likely i guess he could snatch a um uh, a guillotine here and finish in that way but ultimately it's just like alves doesn't really throw strikes He, i don't see any minute winning ability from him here i don't think he can go out there and put on a three-round wrestling clinic i just don't think he has the gas for it uh i don't yeah i, I mean ultimately my thing is if Alves doesn't hurt him in multiple rounds. I struggle to see how he wins a decision here. And on top of that, I just I just can't rate a finish as much more than like, you know, a 15 to 20% outcome. And so with that being the case, I kind of think Jacasey should win this fight fairly easily. Alves is a wide stance, should play right into the leg kick game of Jacasey. He's gonna be a lot more active. He's fought way better competition. I played him at minus 160. I do think the minus 185 is still kind of playable. Like I think he's about 70% in this spot. And I actually kind of like Casey by decision, you know, to be honest with you, especially if you can get that plus 140, you know, he's not a big finisher, like I mentioned, and I do think you can pretty much take sub off the table here. So I think that's a pretty good look. That's probably, you're probably getting an even money or even 55% look on the decision for Casey. So yeah, I mean, that's how I lean here.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we're on the same side there. Again, Alvin seems to be a little bit more of a flash in the pan kind of guy. Uh, if he's able to get you out of there early, great. If not, I think he's not going to be able to cut it on this UFC scene. Shout out to my guy, Andrew, here. Noticing the Theo Von hoodie. I want to quickly just show it to you guys. It says hitter, not Hitler. I've had some people saying it's, it looks like it says Hitler. Obviously, it's a little bit sketchy based on how the microphone is positioned and all that type of stuff. But if you know, you know, I don't support Hitler. Just saying that. <laughs> all right let's move on to the next fight here we got Courtney Casey going up against Liano Jojua in terms of odds when are you ever going to see Courtney Casey as a minus 240 favorite but that's exactly what she is here going up against Liano Jojua and the return on that fight or on her is plus 200. I don't have many strong thoughts about this fight John I'll keep it nice and sweet here you know Jojua seems like her best path to victory is like get, getting arm bar from guard like the Deanna bell beat to fight you know that's kind of where her bread or butter is i know she's been spending time over there at Sara Longo, really trying to diversify her training compared to just going uh, out there and i believe it was in georgia that she was training uh but yet yeah, it, it seems like she's gonna be uh uh out, out, we're out MMA'd in a sense here against a girl yeah. like Courtney Casey who should be the better striker, albeit not by much. Uh, maybe the better jujitsu player as well if this fight does hit the ground. And then obviously the length that uh, Leon is going to have to deal with here. 3-inch height advantage as well as a 3- or 4-inch reach advantage as well in Casey's case. Not like Casey's a, a master at distance management or anything like that, but it will cause uh, JoJo a little bit of issues in terms of trying to close the distance. Uh, I, I like Casey here um in terms of the prop i do think we see it go the full 15 there is a a possibility that one of these chicks pulls off an armbar from guard type of situation which is why i wouldn't get overly invested in this fight especially from the over perspective or even according case via decision perspective which currently sits at plus 115 but i gotta say that's probably my favorite prop for this fight is Casey by decision and the overs how do you feel about this one
1: Yeah, I mean, I largely think, honestly, I think the money line could even be wider if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I mentioned last night, but if this got back down to minus 200 or even a little under, I actually might even take the stab at Courtney Casey. You know, the reason I'm not really willing to up here is just because, you know, it's the glaring, obvious hole in Courtney Casey's game that she's easy to take down and she'll play guard on the bottom. But, you know, even if that happens here, I, I don't. I kind of think she's pretty likely to outscramble uh, jojua on the ground i do think she's the better grappler uh, and likely be fine there and i think she's the better striker by a large amount i mean look at the girls that courtney casey's been having you know competitive striking matches with you know joju is not even close to that level um plus joju is kind of gassy too so yeah i kind of i think casey handles her on the feet with relative ease and on the mat look again that's a concern and she is training at Sierra Longo, like you mentioned and so i would expect if she wants to win this fight and stay in the UFC, that JoJo is going to come out here, try to dive on legs and hold her down. Uh, I don't know how much success she'll have with it. I don't anticipate she'll have much. So I think Casey should really win this fight, kind of however she wants. Um, what I do think is an interesting look, especially because I mentioned she's gassy. And you know what I will say, despite Casey's wanting to play guard, Casey's not some. You know she is constantly looking for a finish on the mat. So it's like she hits reasonably hard for a female fighter. And she's going to be looking for a finish against a girl who's quite hittable, who is a bit gassy, and who is not as good a grappler, in my opinion. I actually don't think the uh, Casey ITD is a bad look if you can get it around plus three hundred, plus two seventy five. I'm not like passionate about it. I'm not really passionate about anything on this fight, but I do think you know the level gap here is big enough that you know Casey hindsight finishing this at a decent clip wouldn't really surprise me.
0: Yeah, what well, one thing that wouldn't surprise me is if jojua actually grapple fucks her here right gets the takedowns and just lays on top of her that's why i'm like why would i pay minus 240 and casey here why (laughs) don't do it (laughs) at least that's what she has to do yeah exactly all right let's move on to the next fight here we got sean woodson going up against colin Anglin. uh in terms of odds we got chalk which seems to be regularity now for sean woodson at minus 325 plus 265 the return on colin Anglin, and uh, i i feel like i have a decent enough case for Anglin here as a pretty big dog and i actually might end up taking the shot here now woodson uh this is going to be a second straight fight where he's going up against a factory x guy obviously last time around he went up against yusuf zalal and uh zalal was only able to win one round off of him but that that one kind of path seems to almost be live with almost every single opponent that woodson goes up against right they're able to pin him up against the cage and kind of have some success there but he does a good job in terms of you know uh digging his underhooks, getting off the cage get back to the center of cage and getting his output and his volume going which usually sways the judges back into his favor but like Terrence McKenney had like three minutes of control time, three and a half minutes of control time against this guy. Uh, we saw Kyle Bakniak have four and a half minutes of control time against this guy. We saw Yusuf Zalala have six and a half minutes of control time against this guy. Uh, you know, Julian Rosa only one minute of control time, but he was able to match that height, reach, and striking ability of Woodson. And then he really started to put the pace on Woodson, eventually getting him out of there in that third round. With Colin Anglin, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because... So I, I heeded Mr. James James Cross's advice in this because he's very uh, knowledgeable about both these guys, right? Woodson used to so be out of Woodson, glory. Right? Uh, he used to so actually he's not a part of that team anymore uh but yeah he he coached him for his first U- two ufc fights he didn't coach him for the zalal fight because of the factory x ties that james has there uh but yeah james uh, pretty much said we have a very good striker with woodson and we have a pretty damn good uh, grappler with the england side of things here and he feels as though that the odds are way off and i kind of agree here because if Anglin in my opinion, slightly better striker than what Zalaw brings to the table. Different types of strikers, don't get me wrong, but I do think it's more fitted, especially against a guy like Woodson here who he should be able to go out there and, and land some decent strikes against, maybe get some kicks off as well. But if he's able to push him up against the cage and get some control time there, just as other fighters have in the past, but you know, maybe successful with the takedown or two here and there, could sway the judges in his favor. It, it's hilarious you know, having a minus 325 favorite, but having those margins where it's just like, if he's pushed up against the cage for a minute longer he probably loses a round right zalal easily won a round off of him in that first round but then after that we saw woodson start to pick it up i think england might be able to use it a little bit more successfully here um like i said second training camp four factory x against a guy like woodson gotta believe they took some stuff from that zalal fight and they're gonna adjust it and you know possibly have a better soldier here and then call in england to go out there and implement those types of uh uh those adjustments i i like england here uh, I know he got knocked out by Bob in a couple a uh, couple months ago. But, my is just a, a cannon and a half, right? Like the, the head kick that he knocked him out with. We saw Anglin with his guard high and it still went through the guard and still knocked him out. I'd be surprised if Woodson's going to be able to kind of replicate that type of knockout or something similar to that. So uh, uh, no way I'm playing Woodson at minus 325. Again, I think the kid's talented. Great striking, great boxing, obviously, as we know. But there are fights when fighters want to go out there and uh, try to clinch, clinch, fuck him or grapple, fuck him. They can find success. I think Anglin is probably one of the better guys over over his last couple of fights this should be able to uh to implement that here so i do like england will likely be taking a shot him in uh, around that plus 265 slot not to mention we're talking about a call in england that was only a plus 135 dog to my mouse in his last fight right now all of a sudden he gets knocked out he's a huge underdog to sean woodson which doesn't really make the biggest amount of sense to me uh, i like england i like england by decision which is currently around plus five plus 500 is i believe the line is Uh, i might have to take a little bit of a sprinkle there because i think that path to victory is absolutely live in this spot uh england England by decision bring me back to reality uh because i feel like you're going to bring some credence to the woodson side here how do you see this fight going down
1: so first of all you know what's funny and still bothers me to this day i had three units on jonathan pierce at plus 400 against sean woodson before that fight got cancelled damn
0: that no. would have been, <laughs> damn, in hindsight. I feel like Pierce luck. would
1: stop him, to be honest with yeah. yeah, 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 uh, yeah, <laughs> Um, But, yeah, I mean, look, I don't necessarily disagree with everything you said. I, I guess, you know, I do think there is going to come a time very soon when someone is going to absolutely bury Woodson as a big dog. Like I don't i think the problem i you see with woodson is a lot of guys he hasn't fought really a complete wrestler yet and so a lot of guys they'll try to take him down from the clinch or just drag a single leg off the fence but it's hard to take down a guy that's that tall yeah. if you're not using a double and like turning an angle to get him to like keel over but i do think the first guy that kind of knows what he's doing chain wrestling wise is going to have a pretty easy time of it like Zalal had the right ideas Zalal was just not a very good wrestler um I actually do think Anglin could cause him some problems here to be honest uh I, I get the bet on Anglin. I think him hitting takedowns is in play I guess my question with Anglin is really one can he control him and two can he met ma- you know what kind of resistance is he gonna get from Woodson on the bottom because I don't know that Anglin has the cardio to push this for 10 to 15 minutes and I do think on the feet um Woodson's not as complete a striker as Bagdasarian is, but I think he's got sharper hands than Bagdasarian is, and it's a lot tougher to close distance against. And so I think he's going to pepper Anglin on the feet, but yeah, I mean, it's a binary fight to me because if it turns out, Anglin has an easy time getting him down and Woodson hasn't worked on his getup game at all, he could literally look the kind of like a minus 200 here, right? But the other side of that coin is, like I said, Woodson, taking Woodson down is a bit tricky. I do think, you know, someone who knows what they're doing is going to get him down pretty easily. And maybe England's that guy, but yeah, I haven't really decided, you know, you made a pretty good case for, her, and I've still been like thinking about it because it is, you only get one, one chance to fade a guy right in these situations. <laughs> <Yeah>. Seriously. <laughs> like, if you're, if you, if you're right, if you pass on it, he gets bragged out here. You're not going to get plus 240 against Sean Woodson again, you know? Um, so i don't hate the look there I, my worry is just more i was a little perturbed by anglin's gas tank regionally which is why i passed in the back fight because again that was a fight where i felt similarly i'm like i think anglin has a decent path here and then he didn't even really try to wrestle in that fight which really didn't make a lot of sense to me so like if you tell me for a fact england's going to come out and attempt eight takedowns in this fight well you know i'm happy to ride on that train i just don't know if he's going to um i don't think the line is right though i I would say that like if you're going to bet a money line here i think you have to bet england laying minus 330 with woodson is not the way i can tell you that like would not parlay or anything um i actually kind of like fight doesn't go to be honest with you i've seen plus 125 to plus 140 because like the dynamic to me is such if it turns out england is dominant enough in the grappling to win this fight he's got a fairly good chance to finish woodson i think and if he gasses out you know or can't get woodson down you know woodson's gonna hit him a lot in this fight so i kind of like the doesn't go to distance i'm not passionate about a side but like i said like i think you had a good breakdown of it i think if you're going to take a side here england is probably the way
0: yeah i i'm not sure if you'll be able to get the submission but the the decision on plus 500 i think is yeah, crazy. crazy but even his yeah. money line even as money line like plus 260 plus 265 uh, i'm happy with that and 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 you know not being as greedy by taking a yeah. prop here but again if i were to take a prop it would be the decision prop here all right let's move on to the next fight we got cynthia calvio going up against andrea lee in terms of odds we're currently sitting at minus 130 ish for calvio plus 110 the return on andrea lee now uh I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the odds are a little bit closer, but I'm seeing some pretty good arguments from the Andrea Lee side of things, so I kind of understand it. But I do feel like Cynthia Calvillo should be a wider dog in this fight. And I think the reason that the odds are as close as, as they are uh, are based on the last couple performances from both women. Obviously, Andrea Lee had a very dominant performance against Antonia Shevchenko in her last fight, getting the takedown and then eventually finishing her in that second round. uh And then on the flip side for calvio she goes out there and gets dusted by Jessica Andrade. But can you really blame her for that, right? Like it's fucking Jessica Andrade. Andrea Lee to go out there and do that. The Catelyn-Chukagian fight, another one where the odds were just very off, in my opinion, where you had Cynthia Calvillo as like a minus 250, minus 250, uh, minus 260 favorite. Uh, I cashed on Chukagian that night because I thought she was a great stylistic matchup. She moves well, her footwork's decent, she uses her range pretty well, and if Calvillo was not able to get takedowns going in that fight, I thought she was going to struggle mightily with Catelyn Chukagan from the outside, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Here against Andrea Lee, though, uh, Andrea Lee, maybe be the better technical striker than Catelyn Chikagin, but in terms of footwork and movement, I think she struggles a little bit, especially in terms of getting out of the way of takedown attempts. And I feel as though Calvio, you know, got to be a complete dumbass to not go out there and chase takedowns in this fight because she will likely get outstruck on the feet. But I don't think it's going to be by a huge wide margin where you know, Lee knocks her out or something like that or, you know, gets clear cut 10, 9, 10, 8 Alfred. rounds or anything like that. Alfred, hey, quit it. Hey, quit it. Give me one. Goddamn. But yeah, uh, I do think that Calvillo will likely go out there and chase takedowns in this fight. We saw Roxanne Montefiore obviously very successful with that against Andrea Lee. She timed them perfectly, right? Kind of got Andrea Lee to kind of accept that it could potentially be a striking matchup. And then we see uh, Roxanne go out there and and land beautiful counter takedowns. And I think we could see that here from Calvillo as well. Calvillo has pretty much, I believe, in eight out of ten fights, has landed at least one takedown in her fights. Uh, And then on the flip side for Andrea Lee, I think she's given up a takedown in every single one of her fights except her last run against antonia shevchenko so that is a bit of a concern in my opinion if you're backing the the andrea lee side here so i do think we'll see calvio chase some takedowns get this fight to the ground and then on the ground i think Calvio is probably the best bjj artist that andrea lee has gone up against inside the ufc you know say what you want about roxon and her top pressure and her top control but in terms of overall jiu-jitsu i feel like calvio is going to be the best that lee has fought up until this point will calvio be able to submit her maybe i'm not 100 sure i'd rather go with the, the safer right here and take her by by uh decision which i think is currently sitting around plus 150 but even that money line man around that I, I got in personally uh at minus 109 shout out to cool bet on uh in terms of being super slow to adjust their lines i was able to hop on that line for two units myself love that spot here for for calveo uh but again for for props which is what you guys are here for calveo by sub plus 625 is not too shabby uh but Calvio by decision i think is how she gets it done which is plus 140 in the spot how do you feel about this matchup
1: yeah so I think I give a bit more credence to the Lee side to be honest with you um you know my view on it is kind of the first of all I bet Calvillo against Jessica Andrade which was um hilariously awful in hindsight but you know that fight was only five weeks ago you know it was not very long ago and you know it's a pretty quick turnaround for Cynthia I guess my question is it's like is Cynthia going to come out and proactively grapple it's like she's done it so few times in her career like that's such a concern for me uh, and if she does it's like what do we think you know how how long is she likely to control Lee for because like Lee I know I know the optics of the Roxy fight are really bad but like she's been you know she got taken down five times on Montana De La Rosa and she massively out to control De La Rosa who again I would say Calvio has a better top game than De La Rosa. But De La Rosa's top game is not bad. And, you know, she was had not much trouble getting up. No one she's really had much trouble getting up against except Roxy. And if you look at when she did have trouble in that fight, it was kind of late when she was pretty tired in it. Um, I'm not saying Calvio can't take her down in control her. It's certainly in play. I, I just think, you know, Lee's a much bigger girl than she is. I think she's got a 5-inch reach advantage. She's 2 or 3 inches taller than her. Like, Lee's a real 125er, whereas I'm still a bit skeptical that Calvio is. You know, one of the reasons... I liked her against Andrade, I was just like, you know, there is some size parity here with her. And I thought maybe, you know, she might be able to drag her down in the fight, even though she didn't try to. And in terms of this, so it's like, yes, would I be shocked if Calvillo goes out there and just top times Are not really, I guess. But I kind of think Lee's defensive grappling is maybe getting a bit too much shit. You know, she fought Ashley Evan Smith, who went two for 10 on takedowns against her college wrestler, Montana De La Rosa high school wrestling background went five for 12. But you know, again, couldn't really hold her down uh called her we got her down three times couldn't really control her Went Murphy couldn't control her she's actually believe it or not for someone who's been taken down like 12 times in the UFC she's actually out controlled her opponents in the UFC uh, I don't expect her to out control Lee but I do think her being able to keep this on the feet or work back up is something that I think is likely and I do favor Lee standing uh, pretty significantly and, and that's also part of it because Lee's gonna go forward and what I don't like when Calvio gets in tight her wrestling is really good the problem for me is, like, once she starts getting hit, like you saw it in the, in the Chikagian fight, she should have been able to take, take Catelyn Chikagian down. But as soon as she stopped getting comfortable in the pocket, you could see the entries were coming from about a mile away. And, like, that's kind of what I worry about, especially since Lee is going to go forward here. Um, I think this fight's around evens, to be honest, in my own head. What I like prop-wise, though, I do like um Lee by decision is plus 200. I don't really think she has my like I'm very confident she's not subbing Calvillo and has Lee hurt anybody in the UFC like I don't like not actually, from memory
0: yeah <laughs> not from memory
1: and then like on the other side of that too if you wanted to get if you have one of the books that offers it I'm seeing Calvillo no scorecards on dimes has it right now at minus 120 I'm sure DraftKings will open that up that's pretty good too because I think Calvillo no scorecards I mean, I think she's like, if the fight finishes, I would say it's like 70 to 75% in Calvillo's favor of finish. I know that sounds like crazy high, but I just kind of struggle to see Lee finishing this fight, to be honest with you. So I like Lee by decision. And if you have access to that no scorecards on Calvillo, I like that quite a bit as well.
0: Yeah, I love those props as well. And yeah, I I do think that, uh, I think where we differ is, and I think you see this as well, uh, is when Calvillo does get her to the ground, I do think that she'll have success in terms of controlling there again, in my opinion, the best BJJ practitioner uh, at the perfect time of the career matching up against each other here. I think that Calvio should be able to go out there and, and get some control time and possibly a submission as well. So I'm very much looking forward to playing out to this. I, I honestly expected more people to be on the Calvio side, uh, but 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 again when, once everybody does their research and stuff they, they come up with their own conclusions and i can completely understand the the lee side here i think we're in agreement in terms of how it will play out if either side were to win this fight right
1: yeah and it's one of the i think it's actually one of the better fights on the card to be honest like it's not something that like pops off on like a normal card but like you look yeah. at this card it's a reason reasonably high level fight for uh yeah. female for wma fight right um and look at the fights around it i, I actually am looking forward to this quite a bit
0: yes sir all right let's move on to the prelim headliner now uh we got tiago moises going up against joel alvarez in terms of odds we got minus 250 on uh, moises and plus 210 on joel alvarez and as soon as this fight was announced i felt as though i needed to play tiago moises but as handicappers and predictors and guys in our positions, we can't just blind bet spots. So I'd obviously jumped to the tape here, and it still came out pretty impressed on the other side, right? Tiago Moises is definitely making improvements uh, from a fight to fight basis. Not to mention his last fight, Islamahachev, let's just call that shit a mulligan nobody's going to have a good performance again Mahachev right great performance here against Alexander Hernandez out striking Hernandez on the feet not really even having to use his Jiu Jitsu much at all in that fight which is what I thought he would have needed to win that fight however uh he really put a beating on Alexander in that fight with beautiful striking combinations good footwork all that type of stuff so he's definitely improving again only 26 years old and has an amazing resume of fighters he's already gone up against uh and now you you throw Joel Alvarez into that fucking pool of fighters uh you gotta believe that joel is probably you know at the bottom uh of the barrel here compared to the rest of the competition he's been going up against joel alvarez almost like uh he has a glorified homer simpson approach it seems where he's almost losing every single (laughs) one of his fights until he submits these guys i'm sure magic would love to hear me say that but uh, regardless i do think uh that that he's pretty much losing all of his fights until he wraps up a submission right the danilo belwardo fight gets controlled for like a round and a half until belwardo just gasses out gives up a reversal and then gets just bombed on on the ground uh and, and then uh, uh the yakovlev fight and the duffy fight were interesting ones just because like he was just ripping leg kicks until those guys decide to go for a desperation takedown and then he just you know clamped onto a, a triangle or a guillotine whatever the hell it was and he was able to get those guys out of there however you think he's gonna be able to submit Tiago Moises here? No, I I just don't see it. Unless it's like a crazy club in some situation. Because again, like he is the much taller fighter in this fight. That, that absolutely makes sense. Uh and, and he has some pop on some of his kicks. That's a little bit of a concern. However, he's more of a one and dunner kind of guy, right? He's not throwing combinations or anything out there, he's just whipping shots out there to kind of get you to react to them and then hopefully he can wrap you up in something. But I'd be surprised if he wraps up Tiago Moises in anything in this fight. Um i think if moises goes out there and just leans on his wrestling i think he'll be able to get alvarez down and kind of just grind him out over 15 minutes which is kind of why i'm i'm on the uh the moises via decision train here uh which is currently sitting at plus 110. uh his submission prop could potentially be alive uh at plus 445 because i think again obviously he should be much better on the ground than joel alvarez here um it's just it the longer this fight is on the feet i sweat it ever so slightly. Again, just the the greenness of Joel Alvarez's striking game uh, gives me more confidence in the Thiago Moises side here. But I like Moises, like him a lot. Probably one of my favorite spots on the card. Uh, I do have him a part of my lock of the night play already. Uh, But uh, I think he wins this fight by decision. I think he grounds out Joel here. How do you feel about this matchup?
1: Yeah, i'm pretty fucking pissed about the line if i'm being honest uh you know i didn't play it early because so i blasted yakovlev big against alvarez um as wow. a dog i remember before that fight i was just like alvarez has no way to win this fight that's not an arm bar. I'm like you're telling there's no way an arm bar is going to happen from bottom here you know yakovlev's way too experienced and then t- two minutes into the fight he's armbar fights over <laughs> uh but like i thought it was crazy that he was an underdog in that fight and the market pumped him to being a favorite and moises off a loss the market generally not too high on moises so i was thinking in my head i'm like i'll probably get minus 150 on Moises here you know and instead it's gone the other way and now we're at minus 250. um i'm still thinking of playing it to be honest you know i agree with pretty much everything you said you know moises people forget because he hasn't been like a proactive submission hunter in the ufc outside of the michael johnson fight really but like this is a guy whose background is Jiu Jitsu. He has excellent jiu-jitsu He if like if you put them in geese, him and Alvarez, he'd probably be minus 500 against them literally, uh, in a jiu-jitsu match. And so, you know, you have that. You also see and he's showing a bit more willingness to wrestle recently. Like he took down Makachev. He took Makachev's back actually in that fight. He didn't have it for long, but you know, it, it's funny because he got his ass kicked, but I actually think he acquitted himself quite well, all things considered, in that fight. Uh, and so now he's here and it's like I think one takedown is pretty much around I cannot I will eat my hat on stream next week if he gets armbarred by Joel Alvarez <laughs> like that is I I just do not see it I cannot imagine him getting guillotined or armbar here um and even on the feet you know his striking is steadily improving and you mentioned it you know he outstruck Alex Hernandez I bet Hernandez in that fight and yeah me
0: too I do yeah,
1: yeah same and I was very very impressed with how he looked in that fight uh um, Hernandez is on a different level than anybody Alvarez has fought all the guys Moises has fought in the UFC are on a different level than anybody Alvarez has fought I think Moises debuted against Benil Dariush right yep. If I'm not mistaken like what the fuck like what kind of a debut is that um like Moises is good man uh I think he's gonna win this fight on the feet I think if the leg kicks give him issues he's gonna take Alvarez down and hold him there without too much issue uh kind of similar to like I actually think it's similar to the hollow fight except hollow game was more threatening to moises than alvarez's is and he looked like a big favorite against hollowball in that fight so yeah I, I mean i think the line could be wider i think i don't think he's too likely to sub alvarez so a decision plus 100 i like quite a bit to be honest with you it could turn out that that's like a hindsight 60 65 percent outcome so i like Moises. i like the money line um i don't advocate for parlays often but i actually think if you want to throw a parlay in there i think Moises is actually fine to include in it um yeah i like moises a lot here
0: yeah, I'm right there as well. Uh, I was just quickly looking through Moises' regional record. And like the two losses that he has on the regional scene will more than likely go out there and beat a guy like Joel Alvarez. Robert Wadley. Wadley yeah. yeah, Wadley, if you guys you know aren't familiar with him. Very good fighter from the PFL. And, and uh, those regional promotions. Even Jason Knight. You know, Jason Knight in his prime probably could do some work here against Joel Alvarez as well. So, uh, yeah, Jason
1: Knight now could do some work against Joel Alvarez. <laughs> <not him. laughs> there you go.
0: Don't let Magic hear this. Don't let Magic hear this.
1: Right, uh, he beat Evers regionally
0: uh did he oh yeah he did over yeah 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 you're right you're right i love it all right let's move on to the next fight here we got uh the main card coming up actually uh and i do want to take this time to remind the 116 live viewers that we currently have make sure you guys hit that like hit that subscribe and then check out the club and sub podcast which is at led by my guy john every wednesday night 10 p.m eastern link is in the description below for their youtube channel make sure you guys check it out a bunch of sharp guys on there you're going to thank me for it later trust me all right main card opener banger of a fight here we got song Yadong going up against julio arce and uh pre-tape i really expected to be on the rsa side especially after i saw the odds however after running the tape i just can't do it man plus 120 ish now on julio arce minus 140 ish is a return on uh, Song Yadong seems like a fight where we might get like a bull versus matador type of situation. Maybe even R.C. attempting to try to get some grappling going, as I think he has some decent jiu-jitsu. However, that performance that Song Yadong had against Casey Kenny was probably you know close to career best. The very good job in terms of stuff in the takedowns and kind of being ahead of the game, uh, where I thought that Casey would be the guy that would be a step ahead the entire time. However, Yadong really made it difficult for him to do so. Landed big shots. Obviously, we know he's a bit of a berserker when it comes to his striking style and that usually breaks opponents um i could see julio trying to take the kyler phillips route uh in terms of you know trying to stay on the outside of Matadorum here but i think he's gonna struggle mightily especially one with the smaller cage not to mention uh you know i I thought he reached his peak to be honest before that kenny fight but again he he showed that he leveled up there i feel like he'll be able to march down uh julio Arce here i don't think arce will have much success in terms of getting out of the way the big strikes and then i think optically speaking it's going to look really good to the judges having song moving forward the entire time throwing big bombs landing some bombs at some times and and he has a damn good chin too man like he he can eat some good shots and so if, even if Arce, you know finesses him into a nice combination or something like that, how much damage is that really gonna dish out? And how much is it really gonna sway the judges his way, especially when he's gonna be on his back foot, back foot for the majority of this fight? At least that's how I see this fight going down. So I do like the the Yudong side here. I do think he wins this fight via decision. Um, he could clip the chin of Arce here again, big hitter. Let's not overlook that spot. Uh, like I said, uh, Yudong via KO is currently sitting at plus 460, but I do think that this goes a full 50 minutes and uh your dong decision at my uh, plus 140-ish is not too bad however even minus 135 minus 140 on his money line is is better considering uh you know if you do lose the decision prop uh because he knocks him out you're still getting a damn good number at minus 135 minus 140 in my opinion so i like your dong you by decision how are you feeling about this one
1: uh yeah i'm right there in lockstep with you it's funny because when i looked at the, the lines last week i usually look at the lines a week or two out kind of identify spots that I, you know i think i'm going to be on i was like i'm almost definitely playing Arce here even though traditionally you know, i've been on the you know song train for most of his run um but like i had recalled like Arce being more of an out and a guy who's gonna stick and move more but like i don't know why i thought that i guess just he hasn't been very active but that's not really his game you know he kind of likes to draw people into exchanges you know in the pocket and just kind of use his like slick boxing and i think that's going to be kind of problematic against song you know song will give him that fight if he wants it uh and i do think rsa technically speaking is probably a better boxer or certainly a better boxer than song is the thing is i think song is faster than Rsa is by a good bit he's got he's got faster hands i think he hits a lot harder than rsa does and song is so durable man i mean has any fight aged better than Song Dong and Marlon Vera like he decided to go to fucking war with Vera for three rounds and came out of it with a win not many people do that you know uh, like that's what Vera specializes in is taking people into like dark waters and drowning them and he didn't get drowned there um yeah i think i think it's a close fight like don't get me wrong like RC could win this fight and it wouldn't shock me but i do think i don't think RC reliably outvolumes him here i think song's the bigger hitter and i think it's going to look that way in exchanges i think song has much more finishing upside if i'm being completely honest and i think he's faster plus as you mentioned you know you saw a level of song's game we hadn't seen before which was good to see since he's 23 and it shows he's improving but song basically played a back foot game against kenny which you know it's funny because i bet song in that fight and when the fight started i was like oh my god what is he doing he's gonna get chewed up but he looked great instead you know it was really surprising um song's an improving guy i like him a lot um yeah, you know, in this fight, I probably cap it about minus 150 just because I do think Arce is more technically clean than him, but you have to you know, err on the power side of Song here. Um, I don't really think Arce has much chance to have grappling success. Like, in theory, he could stop him if he hurts him or whatever, but Song's a good defensive grappler. I know people look at the Stammon fight, but it's like Cody Stammon is on a fucking other level yeah. in wrestling than Arce is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in that fight, Stammon couldn't control in the first two rounds of that fight. You know, It wasn't until round three when he started to slow down that salmon actually started holding him on the mat and and so yeah i like song here Uh, in terms of props i'm seeing this now but again i'm going to throw you guys a no scorecards if you have action to it i'm seeing song at plus money on those scorecards that seems fucking wild to me and then beyond that yeah you know if you want to take a side i think song by decision at plus money is pretty good um i also think goes the distance at like minus 180 or minus one i'm seeing minus 158 at fanduel if you have that that's a pretty pretty good spot as well. I don't think it's super likely that one of them finishes, but I do think if one finishes, it's likely to be Song.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah. There are some slight favorites on this card that I'm pretty much like in love with, thinking that it's, it's, it's a really good spot for them. And obviously, uh, Song Yudong is definitely one of those guys as well. All right. Let's move on to the next fight here. We got uh, four fights left to go. Got to wrap this pitch up in the next 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, but we got... Miguel Baeza going up against Chaos Williams in terms of odds. We're looking at minus one. Uh where did it go? Oh, there we go. Minus 140 for Baeza, plus 120 the return on Chaos Williams. And I've been looking for a guy to fade Chaos Williams ever since he starched Abdul Razaka Osana the way that he did. Um, I thought Samuelsberger would be the guy. I didn't bet Sammelsberger there, but you know, great performance from Chaos is showing that it could go 50 minutes and show a decent game, you know, good striking, good volume, good damage from minute one to minute 15. Uh, however, now he's going up against a much better striker and a huge step up in, in competition in my opinion, against a guy like Miguel Baeza. Um. I really want to pull the trigger on Baeza, to be honest. However, it, it, the, the ability for Chaos to land a bomb on his opponents it, it is insane. And the amount of power that he carries is is uh, ridiculous as well. This is almost like the epitome of a, a KO or bust type of fight for Chaos, though. Because if he doesn't get Baeza out there, you know he's going to get his lead leg chewed up. And I think even if Baeza goes out there and tries to get this takedowns here, his BJJ is going to be much more than anything Chaos has experienced to this point. And I think that uh, a submission here for Baeza, is very very live um specifically like his submission prop is sitting around plus 600 which i think is a little bit crazy because i think they're miles apart on the ground here and i think baeza can absolutely get the fight here uh could be a betting uh live betting opportunity as well you know if chaos does have success in that first round and baeza is just kind of you know just just biding his time you know maybe throwing out a couple calf kicks and leg kicks to try to slow down chaos and you know open up a little bit more later in the fight so I would definitely keep an eye on this uh, on the live betting line. If you can get Baeza plus money going into the second round, I think it, there's a very good shot that he wins the second and third rounds here. uh But yeah, I like Baeza here again. I, I just need to get over my fear of you know those guys that can just end your night with one punch. Derek Lewis, Chaos Williams, those are the main guys that come to mind here. So fading them is always a bit of a, uh, a of a, a scary task to do here. Baeza, rightful favorite. Think he gets the job done. I like Baeza by sub plus six hundred. That's a prop that I'll likely be sprinkling here. So, yeah, official prediction will likely be Baeza second round sub, uh and I'll be taking that submission plot plus plus six hundred. How do you see this one going down?
1: Yeah, oh god, it's a weird fate because I I actually agree with you in the grappling completely, and I think if Baeza is smart, he's going to come out here and just dive on legs from minute one. Yeah, uh, I think there's a huge gap there now it's possible chaos has gotten better since the last time we saw him grapple but i do think if baeza wants to take him down and dominate him there he can uh, and so that's why i can't play chaos because to be honest with you i actually think the striking is pretty interesting in this fight you know i think baeza has better tools striking wise you know obviously he's got those calf kicks which are lethal he has good power but i think he does a lot of stuff on the feet that chaos can take it can exploit pretty massively you know chaos is He's technically a mess, but his process to striking is actually pretty good. You know, it tends to be just a counter blitz type style where it's like he waits for you to go and then he blitzes forward. And what bothers me with Baeza is his response to guys going countering him is to either step into the pocket with a leg kick or to just back up straight with a high guard and i kind of think both of those things could be problematic if chaos is going forward because he doesn't really move his head off the center line he tends to use the guard and that's going to means he's going to be there to get clipped by chaos if he throws around the guard there and if he steps in on a leg kick he is begging to be countered here and i don't want to say baeza has a weak chin i don't think that brown obviously hits hard but we've seen him hurt before so and we also saw that you know when he's been put on the back foot in particular on the Ponzinibbio fight as soon as Ponzinibbio realized he wasn't going to get countered if he went forward he just stayed in his face and just took over the fight and so I think on the feet I honestly like I said I think Baez has got better tools but I think chaos has the tools to win this fight standing I'm not saying I would like favor him drastically or anything but I think it's very close standing and I think the KO is very live but again I mean with the grappling upside of being a potential minus 500 for path for baeza it's like you can't bet chaos williams here right you know i i think i think baeza should grapple i don't trust him to if i did i would be on him at this number what i do like in this fight so i like that by subline a too to be honest because again if he grapples that might look like a hindsight 40 outcome right you know it might just turn out that one takedown is a fight for him um uh, so plus 600 seems kind of crazy to me what i do like though i think the under two and a half at like minus 130 minus 140 is a pretty good look look on the feet chaos is going to have a chance to finish this fight and like it's not like baeza doesn't crack either like chaos is there to be hit he seems durable but he can get cracked um but i think he can finish standing and i think baeza can finish on the mat fairly easily so i like the under here um and i like that by submission
0: you know what i i can't believe i didn't even think about the under two and a half for this fight that that is a damn good look yeah Uh, under two and a half yeah that that is a damn good look i can't believe i didn't even think about that yeah fuck you you thank you john that, that's why i love doing these shows because like there are sometimes where like a total or a prop or something will slip my mind and i love chopping it up with you cody and obviously anybody who i have on the ultimate wayne show to bring those to my attention but yeah that's a damn good look in my opinion so they're definitely finishing upside for both guys here and to get it around minus 120 minus 130 i don't think is a bad look either so um yeah i i like your case for chaos here man The guy, the guy could definitely crack and, and get that dub but i'd rather take that under two and a half because if this fight hits the madman, man i think it's going to be I think it could be one way traffic here. I I really like by his on the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean chaos was getting grappled bad by um by guys regionally, and you know I I kind of like was like threw that out before the Pereira fight, but the one the two times Pereira took him down, he took his back with like no issue at all, really.
0: Shout out to my guy DXJC56 here. Remember the last guy that threw a naked leg kick against Chaos? R.I.P. (laughs) Al (laughs) Hassan. Yeah, I don't think Al Hassan is awake yet. Let's just put it like that. All right. (laughs) let's move on to the next fight here we got felicia spencer going up against leah letson talk about uh you know uh, a time slot here to fucking put the put this fight at. but it is what it is at least it's during the day for us uh in terms of odds we got minus 300 on spencer plus 250 on leah letson and uh i i was really thinking going into this fight that i'd have a free square in terms of picking uh felicia spencer as a potential parlay spot here because I don't know why but my memory was just like Leah Letson is garbage she sucks you know she's gonna roll over and die in this fight but after writing the tape I feel like she could be a little bit live here you know um obviously a lot of Felicia Spencer's success depends on her being able to drag the fight to the ground if not we saw what happens in the normal Dumont fight and Leah Letson in my opinion for some reason it seemed like I remember her as one of those girls that would just get taken down easily and and get uh, and get out of there however uh, i think she has a slightly better striking game here De- decent volume decent output good enough movement in my opinion you know not like a miguel baeza type of striker i'm calling leah letson here but enough to be able to be the better striker against felicia spencer which is not you know much at all that that you really need uh and, and then in terms of the takedowns which is where my concern lays if Letsen uh, gets taken down here uh, what she's shown in the past before is that she works back to her feet pretty easily. Like, she she doesn't really settle on bottom. She gets back to her feet. However, the difference here is Felicia Spencer is probably the best BJJ specialist, best top control specialist that she's fought to this point in her career. So that is a little bit of a concern. Uh, Leah Letson obviously been out, out of the cage for three years now. Last time we saw her compete was on the Ultimate Fighter finale of the season that she was on. That was the season that Mason Kiasan won. So about three years ago was the last time we saw her, and she was able to pick up a victory over Yulia Stolyarenko since then she had to deal with a plethora of uh health issues uh uh, her thyroid was off or something like that her mitochondria was off like she couldn't even like cut weight properly or anything like that it was uh, her body was a complete mess luckily she was able to find a specialist they've been able to fix things and just by skimming through her ig page man she's in much better shape than we've ever seen her in the past like she always used to have a little bit of flap a little bit of meat on her but here now she looks you know she looks in tremendous shape compared to what we've been seeing before so i'm very interested to see what kind of fighter we're going to be getting this time uh last thing i'll say before i swing it on over to you john the, the normal Dumont fight and you're kind of somebody that brought this up to my attention as well where like it didn't look like Felicia went for any takedowns in the fight, but like I feel as though if you if you watch that fight, you'll see that there are entry attempts from Felicia Spencer, but yeah. Norma does a really good job in terms of kind of shucking those attempts off, digging the underhooks before the clinch is fully engaged, and then kind of redirecting her back to the cage while uh, uh Norma Dumont reclaims the center of the cage. So it's not like Felicia didn't try to take her down; she did, but Norma Dumont had a great game plan in terms of nullifying that. Hopefully, Leo Letson is able to kind of implement something similar. Again, not really high hopes here, especially considering she's a plus 250 underdog. But taking her to buy a decision, which I think is now sitting at plus 400, uh, lets him buy a decision, actually plus 385, plus 420, depending on where you're looking at not too bad of a stab right is she gonna finish felicia spencer more than likely not because we saw 25 minutes of amanda Nunes versus felicia spencer we saw 15 minutes of felicia spencer against chris cyborg leah letson's not going to be the person to to finish her here so i think her best way to win is decision uh and, and i might have to take a little bit of a sprinkle man again if felicia can't get her down or sorry if If she does get her down but can't keep her down, I think the standing is going to favor uh, uh, Letson here. And she could make it much, much closer than the odds indicate here. So I don't at all think that Felicia Spencer is a free square here at minus 300. I think proceed with caution. I think Letson is live. My prediction is that Felicia will get the takedown and get that TKO or that submission um, just because this is the best fighter, like I said, that Letson is face when it comes to the BJJ realm. But if she's not... Letson's going to make this time close, and that decision prop is very interesting. So uh, prediction is Spencer, bet will likely be Letson by decision. How do you see this one?
1: Yeah, any time you see Felicia Felicia Spencer minus 330 against a warm body, you kind of do a double take. Uh, (laughs) It's just, you know, look, I don't rate Spencer particularly highly. The one thing I'll say about her is I do think her top game is excellent uh you know when it when she can get fights there you know Spencer on top's got nasty jiu-jitsu and nasty ground and pound the problem is she's a terrible wrestler like you touched on it and you're right she didn't get credited with any takedown against fans Dumont but you're right you know she tried to set up entries but she's just a bad wrestler and you know when she gets to the clinch if she can't just like drag you down like just muscle you down to the mat, she doesn't really have a plan to like she's not going to come off a body lock to a single or anything like that she's not doing anything really creative in there uh I will say like you touched on it a bit but like this is a different level of grappling than Letson's ever seen and I kind of think even though I think Letson will try to scramble up I think there's a strong possibility that if she ends up on her back it's just going to be bad news you know you you see this all the time when someone takes this kind of a step up in level of grappling but I also you know I don't think the Spencer takedowns are necessarily a given I expect she'll get them but like I agree if she doesn't I can't favor, like, against anybody who's going to throw decent volume. It's just tough for me to favor Spencer. You know, she's so hittable. Her striking itself is just really awkward and poor. You know, it's coming from all kinds of weird angles. She's not generating any real power behind it at all. And so, yeah, I mean, I kind of favor Letson on the feet as well. I'm not going to play a money line just because. Again, it's like, if it turns out Spencer can get takedowns easily, you know, she might look like a huge favorite in hindsight, but something I think is an easy angle here is if you take the Spencer ITD plus 200 and then combine it with the Letson, um, goodbye decision and like close to plus 400, you're really just covering your, the only way you can lose that is Letson ITD, which I'm pretty sure is not happening also, or Spencer decision, which a Spencer decision could happen, but I honestly think if Spencer gets her in the position she needs to, she's probably going to finish this fight at a high clip. So it's like that's an interesting way where you can kind of throw a bit of change on each and you know you just basically take the chance that spencer doesn't win by decision which i think i'm pretty open to doing
0: yeah i do think that uh like i said if she can establish that top control i think it will be one-way tra- traffic if she's not able to then they'll likely be going more so in the Let's in favor so uh yeah interested to see the fight play out again kind of lowish level fight but when you're into the game as deep as we are yeah, uh, we're interested to see this play uh, this one play out. All right, coming event time, we got Ben Rothwell going up against Marcos Hodgirio de Lima. In terms of odds, we got minus one close to minus 160 now for Ben Rothwell, plus 140 is to return on de Lima. Uh, I do like the Rothwell side of things here. I know he's 40 years old, I know he gives up leg kicks. I know de Lima is a, a banshee in that first round, he can definitely get him out of there. But if he thinks he's gonna go in there and do the same thing that he did to Maurice Green, did the same thing that he did, did against Adam check I don't think it's gonna be that easy. I think we'll see more resistance. From Rothwell here I think he'll be able To keep this fight standing And then from there I think eventually de Delema will break And we'll see Ben Rothwell Go out there and get that finish Whether it's a A choke off A desperation takedown Or just a You know when, when Ben Rothwell Turns it on He could definitely Put it on you And I do think He has a knockout power uh, Especially against a guy Like Delima Who you know Will have cardio issues once he starts to stretch. Stress. Obviously, he looked great in the in the Maurice Green fight, where you're getting close to 14 minutes of control time. So obviously, you're not going to be able to be go out there and gas out, but you are going to gas out when you're not getting the takedowns, when you're stressing out on the feet, when you're on your back foot. And I think that's what Ben Rothwell will be able to do here if he's able to survive that first round. So possible live betting opportunity. Wait for the ending of the first round. Hit Ben Rothwell. Possible plus money or even pre-fight, Ben Rothwell inside the distance is a spot that I'm very much liking here. At plus 160-ish, I think he gets Delima out of there at a pretty good clip. So I like Rothwell, Rothwell inside the distance. How are you seeing this one?
1: Yeah, I'm on the other side. I actually bet Lima Very small, um, just because, look, the potential for Delima mental collapse and finish is always very, very high with him. But I, I guess my view is I think Delima is a fairly underrated heavyweight. You know, we remember the moments of his collapses the the most just because it's happened so many times but you know the guy's actually a very good striker you know it's an, a weird style of striking but he's super effective he's got great leg kicks he's very fast he's very powerful and he's actually not that easy to hit on the feet um on top of which it's like I get the Rothwell volume argument and He could try to volume him up, but my experience, it's very hard to get volume off a guy who is stinging you every time you come in. And so I kind of think Levi style is probably going to suppress some of that volume a bit. Uh, And the other side is, it's like Rothwell has looked really bad since he came back from suspension. He looked okay against Ivanov, but he hasn't really looked great since then. You know, you look at the OSP fight; he pretty much gassed out there and almost got finished by OSP at heavyweight, who is. T- tragic, uh, you know, the Tabor fight, he looked good for a round and then horribly gassed out in that fight and got dominated the last two rounds. And so it's like Ben, like three years ago, I would have felt as pretty reliable to out cardio Delima here uh, in this fight. I'm not really as sure about that. Um, look, I have the obvious concerns that if Delima ends up on his back, you know, He's gonna get forearm choke or something but you know but the, the thing is it's like rothwell he's gonna get tickled is, to submission right 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 right. <laughs> like rothwell's jiu-jitsu though it's almost all front chokes you know yeah uh um, he's not really a guy who is like going into the guard passing your guard setting up arm, arm triangles, triangles and shit. Like yeah yeah
0: <laughs> you um, imagine?
1: yeah and on the other side i actually do think if delima like, can hit takedowns here he can probably hold rothwell down as well so i think it's an interesting fight um Look, I could never bet him big against Ben here, but I do think, you know, DeLima's a bit longer, younger. I think he's more explosive and more dangerous at this point. And I kind of think, unless Rothwell can kind of drain him in the clinch, I'm not sure Rothwell's going to get off the kind of volume required to gas DeLima out in this fight. Um, but again, I'm not like super passionate about it. I understand the Rothwell arguments. And like I said, I do think, you know, there's a decent chance Rothwell's going to make him face adversity and he's going to collapse again. So, like, I have one unit on DeLima in terms of props. I, uh, it's another one where I like the under here, to be honest. Uh, I like the under two and a half. It's about minus minus one fifty. Like if it's going the distance, I mean, it would be weird to go to the distance. And I, it means it probably looks like the Maurice green fight, but I agree with you. I don't think that happens. Cause I don't think Rothwell on top of the Lima, if Rothwell's on top of the Lima for a significant time, I think he's finishing it in my opinion. Um, and on the other side of things. I don't expect the Lima to get those kind of takedowns on Rothwell and so I think they're probably going to swing the Lima's a huge hitter and Rothwell can still crack a bit too so I think the opportunities for a finish will be there uh in terms of you know other stabs here I think a shot if you can have one of the books that has Rothwell sub over plus 400 I think that's that's decent I think Lima KO1 is also a decent look you know you're gonna get a plus 500 there and I'd say even though i'm on lima i do think it is probably the majority of his win equity is going to come early in this fight so yeah rafa one lima one under those are the sides that i like here
0: i like it i like it again we are on opposite sides here in terms of the money line but i definitely understand your argument uh but hopefully, Big Ben is able to go out there and do what Big Ben does, and gives us a little nice little dance in the uh, aftermath as well. All right, uh, getting us to the main event. Uh, let's just quickly uh, get the, uh, the 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 housekeeping stuff out of the way. Shout out to the 130 live viewers here. Make sure you guys hit that like, hit that subscribe, and then show my guy, John, some love as well. Uh, the Club and Sub podcast is the podcast he he hosts every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Him, Luke from Sparring with Reality Benning, Danny Legs, and our guy, C, as well. Make sure you guys go check them out. Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. Link to the YouTube channel is in the description below, so make sure you guys check it out. John, Max Holloway. Yair Rodriguez minus 650 for the blessed one and plus 475 the return on Yair Rodriguez here now you know it, it, it seems like one of those fights where Max Holloway should be able to go out there and do what Max Holloway does yeah. uh, you know I, I give Yair two rounds to possibly pull off some sort of hail mary ko type of shit. you know i know people are going to be like oh look at the korean zombie fight he was able to get him out of there in the last second but like pacing and and the activity in that fight is nowhere near what i think we're going to be seeing here from the holloway fight we almost saw it in the the jeremy Stevens fight right three-round fight where jeremy Stevens was close to 1080 Yair rodriguez in that third round because Yair yeah, was just gassing out uh because he was you know he was having difficulty dealing with the pace and pressure that yeah. jeremy was putting on him keeping him on his back foot moving forward like kicks all that type of shit. now imagine that times infinity here with max holloway who's going to be staying in yair's face you know pushing him on his back foot the entire time can yair pull off a hail mary ko absolutely just given his unorthodox nature and some of the power that he has in his kicks legs punches elbows all that shit, he could find that chin of hallway but hallway never been knocked out yet right like he's taken so much goddamn damage but he still does not crack he doesn't show any signs of of being even close to finished uh which is crazy um I, I like holloway here uh, i, I parlay him at minus 500 is what i got to be honest uh i parlayed him with uh, tiago moises at minus 238 i believe it was minus 140 where the odds i got on that uh if you want to play from a props perspective you know shout out to fan duos shout out to DraftKings. uh playing that round four or five decision is probably the best way to go and get the most bang for your buck on max holloway uh i'm going to be playing the round props as well like i i don't know if i'll do round three i think it'll take at least 15 minutes for him to you know find get the the reads on Yair, and then really start to open up and, and get that output going. I think around four, around five, he'll probably get him out of there. Though, so uh like Holloway, like Holloway inside the distance and Holloway late. If you are liking Yair. Yair, like I said, uh by KO is probably the best way to go about it, which is plus 900, plus 1100, depending on the spots that you're looking at. So, not too bad of a hedge opportunity if you're overexposed on Max Holloway in, in this position. But I do like uh Holloway, and I think he goes out there and gets the dang job done. I will say this before I put on over to you, John. I did have a small bet on Calvin Cater back in January against Max Holloway, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, this guy has absolutely no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Before that fight, and Even now, I do think that Calvin Cater is the better technical striker but Max Holloway just has that God mode in MMA where he can just put that volume and that pressure on you and he will overwhelm you and then eventually break you, like we saw in that cater fight. So I don't regret the cater shot given what we knew pre fight. Uh, but now, after this, you know, that was a performance of a lifetime for Max Holloway last time around. Uh, maybe he sees and replicates that here again, say here again. But I think Max wins, Max uh, round three, four or five decision best prop here. How do you like this one?
1: yeah I was actually on Max big against cater in that fight um I love Max Holloway you know I'm a huge yeah. Max Holloway fan but I feel like the MMA God's are, like laughing at me right now and are just trying to dangle like a carrot in front of my face with this line pumping up to like minus 800 in spots you know it's just like because like I, I Max is an incredible boxer he's ungrappable, and in addition to the insane output he's also a chin bully like the guy just doesn't seem to be able to be hurt like he'll he is just not afraid to get hit and go forward and so it's like, I, I keep looking at it, and it's getting wider. And I'm like, man, Yair Rodriguez is fucking good, man. Like, should it really be this wide? And like, probably not. But also, like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not really dying to jump into the value trap, if you get what I'm saying. You know, to go, like, I think he's going to kill Yair, personally. I think he is going to, I think early in this fight, Yair may give him, you know, maybe the first round or two will be competitive. But I do think it's only a matter of time until Holloway kind of takes over this fight um something i will say about the cardio guy here is i think it's being a little underrated just because i mean the stevens fight happened but he also like threw about a million strikes trying to finish stevens in round two of that fight before he gassed and if you just wind the clock back one fight prior to that you know he fought at altitude and went a full five and finished the fight obviously at the last second of that fight um so like i do think his cardio is probably okay but again Probably okay against, you know, maybe the guy with the best cardio in MMA history, you know? So it's just like, I think the line is probably a little wide, but it's like the margins here are so thin because it's like, what rate, what chance do you put a Yair finish on Max? Like, I almost think you have to give Yair like a 15% chance to finish like anybody he fights just because Yair is dangerous and, you know, he'll probably have a moment or two over the course of five with Max, but also, you know, Dustin couldn't get Max out of there. And he wobbled him bad three times in that fight. You know, Max is fucking Yeah, That's the closest.
0: Than... I think that's the closest we've ever seen him to get finished. Obviously.
1: It wasn't that close. That's the thing, yeah. right? You know, he was like, Dustin hurt him, but, you know, it was like he hurt him. And two seconds later, Max was back going forward again like, each time. And, and it's like, that's kind of the problem. It's like, it's so hard for me to like, outside of like a spinning wheel kick or something crazy. It's so hard for me to draw up, you know the way yeah wins this fight by ko you know it can happen I do think it's live and I don't want to you know discount that possibility and I don't think you know I might throw like 50 bucks or 25 bucks on Yair ko plus 1100 just because you know I do think that's the majority of his win equity and I think like I said you got to give him a 10 to 15 percent chance to finish anybody he fights pretty much but it's hard for me to feel passionate about it you know Max is Alex Volkanovsky is 1A on the best featherweights on planet earth Max Holloway's 1B and then there's a big big gap before we hit anybody else in my opinion um Max should take care of business here pretty easily uh yeah I could say one of my biggest regrets is not laying Max minus 350 in this fight I actually thought you know I saw a couple tweets like yeah years shouldn't be plus 275 against anyone and I thought I might get a good number on it because I I c- Here we are minus eight (laughs) hundred. So I just
0: spun out of control.
1: (laughs) But it's also like kind of a weird fight, right? In terms of like props, because I really don't think Yair is going to go and box Max in the pocket. You know, if he does that, he's a fucking crazy person. Um, I I think he's going to try to play the outside game, and if he does that, you know there's a reasonable chance he's just going to play the outside game and clearly lose five rounds and it goes the distance you know so it's kind of it's kind of weird like I'm not like I'm not passionate about the over I don't favor the over I guess if I was taking a stab it would be Holloway ITD plus 125 because you know there's always the chance you know you never know I don't expect him to sub you a year, but he's guillotined a couple guys he could guillotine them off you know a desperation shop, I, I just I don't see anything I really love in the fight. If I'm being honest, like yeah, your KO plus 1100, okay, but again, I really don't think it's happening. So it, it's yeah, I guess I'll say max ITD. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if it goes the distance. I really wouldn't be. So yeah, I think it's just gonna be a fun fight to watch. Even though I think Max should be a big favorite, I think you know it's a fight that's guaranteed to or not guaranteed, but should have fireworks. You know. Max is going to push a pace like he always does. So it'll be a fun fight, but I'm not really dying to get money down on it.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how uh, Max deals with those first 10 minutes or so where he's going to yeah. have to kind of adjust to that unorthodox nature of Yair. But after that, it should be all oh, Max. I'd be surprised if Yair wins any rounds outside of rounds one and two and even rounds one and two, right? Like it's all yeah. based on him hurting Max to to win it because he's not winning minutes in that fight, right? Like we'll, we know Max is going to be moving forward and throwing volume, So it's going to have to be, be, one guy, be a big movement. Go ahead.
1: There is one guy in the UFC who is winning against Max Holloway and he's the champion
0: oh true yeah exactly yeah,
1: <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> yeah is, exactly
0: volkanovsky is like the only dude that will probably beat him at this point in time all right yeah. that is a wrap on the breakdowns Let's quickly get through the be- three best prop outs and then we'll get my guy john out of here who uh yeah really needs to get out of here i, I apologize john, for, for going <laughs> no, this fine. on but uh, I, I don't uh have yeah. any
1: emails. i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: all right uh first and foremost uh as i always do uh announcing tomorrow's guest for the ultimate weigh in show and it's been a minute since i had my boy on but i had to bring him back for this week we have my guy adam newsome or newsome mma uh uh, you guys obviously know him from mma play 365 i work on the tape index with him as well uh very good friend of mine probably my first ever friend in the mma twitter world and uh mma betting twitter world i should say and uh yeah we've been really good friends for over the past four years now obviously business partners as well to a certain extent but uh very good capper very good insights so i can't wait to break down the fights with him i know he's going to be over there in the uk um actually uh i sure just said this right off the bat uh special start time for tomorrow considering he's in the uk so he doesn't have to do this shit at like 2 a.m in the morning uh we're gonna be doing it at 4 p.m eastern tomorrow 4 p.m eastern tomorrow so about two hours after the weigh-ins wrapped up uh we will be doing the ultimate weigh-in show so make sure you guys tune in tomorrow 4 p.m eastern all right let's get into the three best prop bets as i can pull this up i'll start things off first and foremost baeza by sub plus 600 gotta take a little bit of a shot on that uh i will actually preface the three best prop bets by saying this i think john even said it before we went live a little bit sketchy for for bets, to be honest we gotta really dig for some spots here so i'm gonna be hammering or or frying away on some of these long shot parlays but i do think they have some good chances of hitting by sub again if he knows what's best for him Die for legs immediately try to get this fight to the ground and then use a jiu-jitsu game which is far superior to what chaos williams excuse me brings to the table Secondly, I got Rothwell inside the distance, plus 160. I think he survives early against uh, DeLima and then gets him out of there probably in the second or third round, maybe off of a desperation takedown, sinks in his uh, ten, five-finger choke, whatever the hell he calls it, or something like that, or even just uh, puts that uh, that Ben Rothwell power on him. And we know, again, if DeLima, things aren't going his way, the guy starts to slow down, and I feel like Ben Rothwell is the perfect hammer to the nail that is DeLima tom- this, uh, tomorrow night. Lastly, uh, Colin Anglin, by decision, plus 535. Got to take a little bit of a shot on that just because of you know the margin of error in Sean Woodson's fight are so fucking slim, especially considering if you get one more minute of control time or something against him, you could easily edge out a round. Uh, and I trust Anglin to be able to go out there and do something like that. So uh, some crazy long shot props for you guys on my end, as you guys are used to. Hopefully we can catch at least one of these so we can profit on the props here. John, you're up next, brother.
1: Well, I like yours better than mine now. But first <laughs> up, we got we got Mark Jacesey by decision. Uh, I'm on Jacase on the money line, but I don't think he's gonna finish. I like the decision side. I don't really see how he loses minutes in this fight. Uh, I think decision's probably closer to a 55% outcome than you know the implied 43% that it is. So Jacasey by decision. Next up, we got Tiago Moises via decision as well. I don't think Alvarez presents a ton of issues for Moises, and I think if Moises takes the path of least resistance, it's likely gonna be a grappling pace path. And I just don't think a Moise submission is very likely here. So, Moise's by decision plus 110. I think that's a great number. And last up, we got Andrea Levi's via decision. I think it's a close fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a very close fight. I think it's about a 50 50 fight, if I'm being honest. Um, I just don't really see a lot of finishing upside for Lee, to be honest. So, at 2 to 1, I'm willing to take the stab here. I think it's closer to 40%. So, yeah, War Lee.
0: All right. There you guys go. Unfortunately, I don't have Cody's prop bets, but I'll be sure to retweet it whenever he tweets them out. Uh, But yeah, there you guys have it. Three best prop bets for me and John. Uh, John, I'll give you the platform here on the back end. Anything you want to say before I wrap it up?
1: No, just enjoy the show this weekend, guys. Uh, Check out my show at 10 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. It's in the description below. Uh, And I promise the takes were not that hot this week. I have a couple burners next week that I'm holding on to. So next week will be much better, and the you know, takes will be a lot hotter. And hopefully we'll win some money. You know, can't get much worse than last week.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's only up from there. Uh <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, once again, tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern Ultimate Wayne Show, me and Newsom MMA from MMA Play 365 65 Make sure you guys tune in for that and don't get caught napping. 2 p.m. Eastern start time for the fights tomorrow or on Friday. Sorry, Saturday. I don't know why I think today's Friday. Fucking throwing me off. Uh, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern start time for the fights. Don't get caught napping. All right, John, appreciate you hopping on. As always, shout out to the 150-ish live viewers that we had. Uh, Good luck on your bets and I'll see you guys tomorrow for the Ultimate Wayne Show. Uh, War Cynthia Calvillo. Fuck you, John. Fuck Andrew Lee. (laughs) War Cynthia Calvillo. Let's go.
1: (laughs) KGB. Peace, guys. (laughs)